Nirvana, come as you are, FM 96. Years ago, before the album Nevermind came out, a guy from London, Ontario named Roberto LaRusso had a show on uh, CHRW, the station over at Western University. He was a student there, and he had the opportunity to interview Kurt Cobain of Nirvana before the band went supernova, man. They became the biggest thing in the world of music, in the world, basically. And even while Londoner Roberto LaRusso was talking to Kurt Cobain, kind of acknowledged the fact that it's rare to get an interview with this guy. But you're, you don't really care for uh, doing that much in the way of interviews, but that's just... You're, you're, is it because of overkill or just uh, frustrated with it? Oh, I think it's both. It's just... Uh, I, I just, uh, I, I'm getting really bored with the same questions all the time. Oh, it's yeah. understandable, and I also realize that most of the interviews have to ask the standard questions because there's not much of a, you know, we don't have much of an image, and there's not much story behind our band, and so what people can grasp, they, you know, base their interview off of that. But um, we hardly have had any interviews in the States, but I've noticed that more in, in Europe, where... Usually they're friends of ours in the first place. It's almost like a little conspiracy. They're not going to write about us. You know, they're not going to put us down, make us sound like fools. So um, it's good in that sense, but it's just getting boring, you know? On the phone right now, we have high school teacher Roberto LaRusso. That's right. He's all grown up now. <laughs> Teaching the future over at Mother Teresa. And I understand you've put a note on the door so all the kids know uh, to stay out of the classroom while you're on FM 96. Yeah, that's correct. Whether or not they'll actually read it before they start banging on the door is a different question. <laughs> uh, what time does class start? Uh, well, the first bell actually is going to go off at 10 too, but uh, the uh, announcements start at uh, 5 too. It's pretty early. We won't keep you too long then. We we got to talk to you about sitting down with Kurt Cobain. I can't believe you had this interview on a cassette tape for decades and you just finally posted it online. Why did you hold on to it for so long? Uh, well, okay, to be in- entirely honest, um, mostly I was incredibly embarrassed by how <laughs> bad I was. What? Yeah, it's just, I, um, well, I'm a, I'm a, obviously, you know, in the profession that I'm in, a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to certain things, and I felt myself uh, was, I was quite ill-prepared, and, um, and I guess I was super embarrassed by the fact that I got some of my facts wrong, and... Uh, and Kurt had to correct you a couple of times. That's right, and uh, that made me incredibly nervous. Now, what's really interesting is, obviously, listening back, I don't hear the same degree of nervousness that I was no. absolutely experiencing at that point. Hey, I mean, we do the same thing with interviews. We're our own worst critics, and you hear things. Yeah. You hear what's going on in your head during the interview when you're listening back to the interview instead of people who are listening. They're, they're just listening to the words coming out of the speakers, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's the thing that I had a hard time sort of reconciling with. Well, put yourself out of it. This is Kurt Cobain. Like, after this guy, and it's wild because you realize you're sitting down with this guy before uh, Nevermind comes out. So this is before Smells Like Teen Spirit. This is before the band becomes huge. Yeah. And, And, like, three years from the time you sat down with him until the time he died is all that uh, there was for all that unbelievable music. So you you got there before the thing even started. How could you not, after hearing about his death, think, well, this is something that I should put out there? 
to be honest with you, because I didn't like the way everyone was sort of fetishizing the guy's life and death, right? Yeah. Um, and it actually had a lot to do with my experience talking to him during the interview. Because one of the things uh, about celebrity does to people um, is this industry kind of consumes these young artists, right? It's, it's not for the faint of heart or the mentally unstable. So I, uh, I, I, I kind of didn't like the way people were sort of projecting their own things onto this guy. He was just a dude kind of like me in this conversation, except, you know, he was doing something that I was so envious of, yeah. but he was just a regular guy. And when I spoke to him, there was nothing pretentious about him. He was, had zero interest in the rock star thing. And at the time, you got to understand that it was th- this genre of music, this underground punk scene, was all about being the anti-rock star. So, I mean, y- you could see how he was so conflicted by be- when later becoming this big, massive rock star. That's nothing he ever wanted. I'm sure he wanted his music to do well, but I don't think in his heart he really wanted this sort of stuff. And I didn't want to be one of those people that were sort of capitalizing on that. And, you know, it just, yeah. it, it was kind of offensive to me. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to let that, let that lie. I've told my, a couple of people and my friends and I've let a few people listen to it here and there, but I was just like, nah, I'm just going to leave that be. Did you have to let some people listen to it to prove that you actually did talk to Kurt Cobain? We're like, yeah, whatever, Roberto, you never talked to him. Well, the, th- the thing is most people knew because, uh, they knew my radio show and that story had been floating around. So, um, Usually, people would ask me the ask me that after they heard it rumored from other people, right? So, uh, I was not one generally to sort of you know the first thing you walk into a party, you know, walk in and say, "Oh, hey, by the way, I I interviewed Nirvana." Like, I mean, no you one would say that you just guy. have a T-shirt that said it on it, <laughs> yeah, so that yeah. people would ask it written you. on your hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right, but like. Nobody likes that guy. Come on, let's be real. <laughs> you did ask about uh, the big record deal that they signed with Geffen, and I was surprised to hear how little money they initially got from the, the record company. Well, that blew my mind, because I was under the impression from all the obviously incorrect research that I did that it was three-quarters of a million. So, I mean, I thought it was you know boatloads of money. And then it turns out that you know $175,000 is nothing to sneeze at, but when you look at the breakdown of how much was actually consumed by everyone else. And it's the same old story. The artists always get paid last, which isn't, for musicians like us, it's a never-ending frustration. And here's the biggest rock star, well, about to be, um, and they're, they're even getting messed over. So uh, it, was, it was eye-opening. I want to play um, a clip here. This is Roberto LaRusso talking to Kurt Cobain about his record deal and the financial uh, side of things. So you're still struggling, though. Uh, no, we're not struggling. I think we're, we're, I don't know, financially we're well off. I mean, it's more money than I've ever had in my life. You know, to be able to pay rent every month, it's great. You know, I can't ask for any more. So you're having fun, then? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's taking a lot of problems away, you know. Did he seem like he was having fun when you sat down with him? Because he, he sounds kind of, you know, melancholy in the interview. Um, 100%. And that was the thing that really stuck with me during the interview. Because when I was speaking with him, um, his body language betrayed his words. Um, so he was saying the things that about, you know, it being super awesome and fun, but I wasn't getting that vibe. And that was what was really confusing to me, what I, I didn't understand. I couldn't reconcile how... This guy that was on the verge of making this big jump that all of us musicians at the time were really wanted, especially in this genre. Yeah. So he's kind of like it's, one of our own. It's the goal, yeah. 
yeah, one of our own making this jump on their own terms, and that was kind of unprecedented. If I was in his position, I you couldn't you couldn't have erased the stupid smile on my face, but there was none of that. Um, it was like this laissez-faire sort of vibe, and it really almost seemed like he was um, burdened by all all this extra stuff that was sort of going around, and and I. I don't know. And again, I only had a 10 minute conversation with the guy. So mm-hmm. how much can I read into it? Obviously when, you know, when he died a few years later, I was reminded of that feeling. I said, well, maybe, maybe I did see what I thought I saw. Yeah. Right? And I thought the that pieces was really- fall into place, right? Yeah. A little bit, you know, and, uh, and, and that was, uh, that was, what was really fascinating to me. It's like, I, I thought to myself and even said to my friends, I said, this guy ain't happy. And there's something wrong. Now that um, you are known as the, the guy, the, the London, Ontario school teacher who back in the day interviewed Nirvana, do you have uh, more cred with the students or have they moved on? Do they not even know or care who Kurt Cobain is? Well, to be honest with you, I'm actually surprised that any kids do. Because, I mean, students I'm teaching right now were born in 2002. <laughs> so, so, I mean, uh, to give context, that's like uh, somebody, you know, um, in, their, in, their, in their 40s, you know, of, knowing about Buddy Holly. Yeah. I mean, like, that really predates their birth by a, by a large margin. So you, you can understand why, you know, they wouldn't really know. And, of course, kids have moved on to other genres of music and other forms of entertainment. So the fact that even my kids know who that is, I think, is actually sw- somewhat remarkable. So some of them do. They're like, oh, well, that's pretty cool, Mr. Yeah. L. <laughs> you yeah. interviewed Kurt Cobain back in the day. I, I love, this is my favorite part of this recording, and you can listen to the entire thing. We've put the link on the Taz Show blog, fm96.com, if you want to hear Roberto talking to Kurt Cobain in its entirety. But as a radio nerd, someone who has done this multiple times, I love when you ask Kurt Cobain to do an ID for your show. Right? That's right. the best. <laughs> Here, let me play that for everybody. Can I get you to do a station ID? Sure. You're listening to Left Wing Radio. 94.7. 94.7. Radio Western. Radio Western. And this is Kurt from Nirvana. <laughs> I love that. Kurt from Nirvana talking to Roberto LaRusso back uh, when he went to the University of Western Ontario. Had a show on CHRW. One of the... the a handful of people who can say they interviewed Kurt Cobain before he hit it big. And he's on the phone with us. He's now a teacher, a physics teacher, over at Mother Teresa School here in town. I know class is starting shortly here. We wanted, I know you're, you're very passionate as well about uh, rock music to this day, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about what you're doing now with music, Roberto. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been into the scene since uh, 1989, really, essentially. Uh, so right now I'm currently in a band called Red Arms, and we've been around for about five years, and we've got a couple of EPs, and we're putting out a record out uh, <laughs> this year. We just finished recording it, and we're in the process of uh, mixing it down at the Sugar Shack. So, uh, yeah, so I've been really busy. I've been a recording engineer as well. So I've, uh, if you recall the Constantines, I did their very, very first demo. Oh, cool. So, yeah, yeah. So, like, I've been, I've been around doing this stuff for, for decades, you know, but... That's it with this uh, sort of indie rock scene. You kind of yeah. toil in obscurity, really. Well, you're a, you're a teacher as well, so we, no one can accuse you of selling out. <laughs> right? <laughs> some some right. old students of yours are sending us uh, messages, though. Mr. LaRusso taught me in Woodstock in 98. He was yeah. cool then. If we all knew this, we would have lost our minds. Andre. <laughs> 
Uh, hilarious. Thanks so much for your time this morning. I know the bell's about to ring, but uh, sharing your memories about Kurt Cobain, we really appreciate it this morning, Roberto. Yeah, no, thank you very much. This has been a lot of fun, I have to admit.